Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. G'day everyone, it is I, Lyle Swithenbank, back with another episode of the Hoop Ball Pelicans podcast. I've got a doozy for you today, guys. The Pels have won, and also I am joined by the fantastic, almost the king of uh, Pels Twitter, I'm going to call him that at the moment, uh, the king of the Twitter spaces at least, Chris Connor, welcome to the show. How are you going, mate? It's going pretty well, man. I, you know, I I prefer you not to call me a king. Kings die like at the end of every movie I've watched. So I, I'd rather live for a long time, man. Uh, but I appreciate the introduction. I'm happy to be here. Happy the public has got a win. Um, yeah, man. Well, mate, what you're doing over on the uh, on the Twitter sphere, you know, with the Pels fans, just fantastic. Like I said off air, it's a almost like a, a service to the uh, to the Bills Twitter. And I think, especially in those first three games, wow, I think we needed it. Um, everyone coming together and, you know, holding each other together, I guess, was uh, something that uh, I think a lot of fans needed. What was the, uh, the idea behind putting it on? Well, I mean, uh, first, I'm from New Orleans, man. So I know, I, I know that my people are crazy. There's just no other way to really say it. I know we're crazy. And, I, and that can be... You know, and when I say when I say crazy, I mean passionate and passionate in, on both sides of the spectrum. Right. You know, if they're angry about something, they're going to let you know if they are um, if they're happy about something, they're going to go over the top. Because that's how I am. You know what I'm saying? I, I, you know, I live in that in that kind of world. Um, but I think, you know, we needed more healthier outlets to be able to express these things in more of a genuine manner. Um, radio shows are cool, man. You know, uh, certain podcasts are cool. I mean, all that stuff is, you know, has its place, but at the end of the day, like all those things have filters nine times out of 10 and people don't really get a chance to express their viewpoints and you're missing, like, um, you're missing, I guess, opinions from people that you would, there's no way you'd be able to really capture them unless a platform like that was brought to play. And I think the overall consistency, the consistency having people having something extra to look forward to. I don't pull, punch, pull punches. I have fun. I joke around. And as everybody in that city does, I think it's just understanding the heartbeat, man. It's like one, one of the things that somebody told me that really stuck with me and made me happy in regards to, keep it, to keeping it going was that they said, and I forget bro name, but he said, I just like to know that I'm not going through this alone. And for some people, I know we say it's just sports, man, but we we tie our hearts into these things. We put a lot of time into watching these teams. We buy jerseys, we go to games, we buy expensive popcorn and nasty and meals that you wouldn't buy, you know, at your, you know, that you could have got from, from McDonald's, but you're paying $10 for them and overpriced beer. And, you know, just, we, we invest a lot of time into them. So you care on both sides. And for someone to say that 
I guess it proved to me that that area, that those post-game shows, those spaces, they're therapy. They're therapy for a lot of people. And you get to be, you know, you get to be in this, in, in this mode with a lot of other people that feel just like you, maybe have a different perspective. Um, I, you know, I, I have so many thoughts and views on it, man. At the end of the day, I'm just happy that people were doing it. And I wanted to give people, uh, you know, um, a platform of their own because it ain't just mine. It's ran by the people. I ain't the first person to do it. Um, but it's ran by the people that come up there and talk. They have authentic accents and they can get people from Columbia. When you come up, you know, you across the goddamn sea, we got so many different people to pull up. So I can't say much else about it, man. I'm just happy that people were responding to it the way they are. Yeah, I mean, I think giving people a platform was was the big thing that, that struck me is that you're getting these people on that have just stuck by this team, have been through it thick and thin. You know, we started 0-3 and, and we've been led down the garden path throughout the journey with our front office, uh, misinformation and the like. And to be able to hear that from just the regular person who perhaps doesn't have a podcast, doesn't have the radio show, doesn't have access to, to things like that, it, it was refreshing and you get a whole heap of people on there that say stuff that you go, Oh shit, I didn't even think of that. Um, you know, that's a completely different perspective. Whereas I'm screaming at Garrett Temple, someone else says, well, actually he's on there for, a you know, he's, he's doing something and, um, and he's, and he's bringing a different, um, a different, uh, I suppose, level to why he's in the game. Uh, yeah. If we go back, okay. Start of the season. Hope, all the hopes and dreams and, um, you know, Zion, we're hoping he's going to have this big season. We then get hit by the news that he's out. He's got this broken foot and we start slow. What were your thoughts when the announcement came that Zion was not going to be playing? It was confusion. It's like, huh? It's like how how did this happen months ago? First of all, I was shocked that it wasn't, it didn't leak out. I was shocked that, that they were able to keep it under wraps and nobody knew anything. And on top of that, like Zion was out, like he was in the streets. Like it wasn't like he was sit up, you know, you know, back home or in New Orleans or hidden from the world. He was at college football games and he was at Duke and he was, you know, he was visible. You could see him. He was taking, you know, he, took pictures and we didn't see a walking boot. We didn't really see a limp like that. Like he seemed normal. So um, it just, for that, that was weird. And it, it was so weird to where I, I was like, I believed him initially when they said he would play game one. Cause I was like, if it was serious, if it was, if it was something that they hadn't kept, that they hadn't been able to control, they weren't confident about. I, I, I just feel like they wouldn't have been as open as they were. And they were very, I mean, the only person that was kind of tight-lipped about it was Willie Green. That when he was asked about a time frame or a time schedule, it was like, I really, I'm not going to give you guys one because I don't want you to hold me to it. But for the, you know, the overall confidence that Zion, you know, brought that saying, I'm going to play game one. I'm going to be ready game one. And Griffin, no matter how you perceive what he said, in my opinion, he was alluding, well, alluding to the same thing, the same sentiment that Zion had, had pointed out. Um, it was weird, but my dog, Lyle, I've been a Pelicans fan for 20 years, since the first time. I'm 29, like, literally, man, two decades. I've seen it all. So, like, none of this was like, okay. It just was another bump in the road. Because, look, we already had an offseason full of stuff about Zion, full of speculation, full of question marks. And if it wasn't that, questioning the team, you're questioning the roster, you're questioning Lonzo, questioning Graham, B.I., the coach, the Jeep, you know, the president of basketball operations, the draft. It. It's full of it. So this was like, okay, I guess. I just want to watch basketball. And I guess that's why I turned to. I want to watch basketball. We're finally here. We'll figure it out when he comes back. Yeah, and then uh, we get dished up with the um, display that we got in the first three games. And it, I suppose the big thing for me that I took away from all those games is all well, the first three crushing defeats Um was the amount of turnovers. And I understand, obviously, we're changing. We're putting in a new system. We've got this 0.5 offense that Willie wants to run. Obviously, works over at um, Phoenix. And he's brought that here. And he said, well, let's um, let's implement this. And we're going to run. And we're going to use our athleticism. And then turnovers have just become an absolute 
nightmare of a thing to contain. Um, what are your thoughts on on taking care of the ball? I mean, do you think that was the contributing factor? I mean, surely in that uh, the thirty turnover game, um, especially. But uh, what do you think happened there? I mean, I, I think you're dealing with number one guys that certain guys that have bad habits, you know, from playing in different systems. Um, you know, certain guys that were, they were with the team last year, they're translating to a you know to a new system. Willie wants them to run. He wants them to have pace, so it's similar to Alvin's system, Alvin Gentry's system from some of the from like Josh's and Brandon's first first year, in one perspective. But Willie also wants uh, he also wants balance, and he wants he wants control. He's he made turnovers a point of emphasis as well. If you listen to the practices before the regular season, every time they turn the ball over. He was making him do push-ups and he was getting push-ups because he knows like this has been a and you know we we talked about it in the spaces like man this has been a thing with this team for like a while now it's been different coaches different players different i mean dating back to when you know to when uh demarcus cousins got to new orleans that team turned the ball over a lot during that period like it's just followed this you know this franchise for the past what four or five years for whatever reason Drew Holiday and all everybody. It just it's weird. Um, but what was encouraging, and, and then you know, you throw in a new coach, as I mentioned, new players trying to get used to each other, people trying to overcompensate for your best quote unquote player, or your most maybe, I guess, impactful player when we're talking about a scouting report and productions, Ian Williamson not being available. Um, and then it's like, okay, just now now go out there and play good basketball, beat the Philadelphia 76 beat the Bulls who are now undefeated right now and seem to be, even dating back to the preseason, just look really comfortable together. We'll have to see how they are against um, better basketball teams, but they look comfortable so far starting out. And then Minnesota, another team that looked comfortable in the preseason, but their roles are pretty much established, right? Like they're not playing without Carnegie Towns. They're not playing without Anthony Edwards. Like they don't, it's different, right? New Orleans, is, it's overcoming so much in a short period of time and trying to swing it together. But last night um, was one of their better efforts. It was way more caution with passes. They thought a lot more. Uh, they made shots. Um, they took. They seemed to take care of the basketball, especially when they got to, got into situations where Minnesota started to make runs. Some off of their turnovers, um, trusted each other a lot more, and you know they played with the same intensity pretty much the entire game. They played like a a veteran team more so the inconsistency and some of the young, lazy plays that were kind of to their detriment in those first three. Yeah. I, I mean, even though they still ended up with, I think, 17 turnovers in that win, yeah. it was – they were different kind of turnovers. It was a lot more like dead ball ones where, okay, we've had a bad possession. We've lost the ball. We haven't got a good shot up. We turn the ball over, but it's gone out of bounds. We go back, set the defense up, and then we lock in. And – that intensity on the defense was something different, I think, last night. I, I think, honestly, watching the guys really dig in, and maybe that's led by guys that bring that energy. Najee, I thought, was fantastic. Herb was really, really good. Uh, even Garrett Temple had probably his best game, I think, with the Pelicans. And then those other guys that aren't really known for the defense, you know, JV was straight up and down the whole night. And they, he, Cat was crying, crying mm-hmm. for fouls. Yeah. And JV's looking at him going, mate, I'm a brick wall. Like, what, what, yeah. what do you want? What, what, what do you expect, right? Yeah. And no, no. seeing that was something that gave me real, real hope. I was sitting there going, if you start at this end, you're laughing. You know, the, the buckets will open up. Exactly right. And they have to play that way. That's the thing, Lyle. They have to play that way right now, especially without Zion. You, you want this to continue when Zion returns. But right now, it's like your margin of error is so slim against good basketball teams. You know, unless you, you know, maybe at some point they're going to have a night where just everything falls from three, right? They're going to go scorching high to have a ridiculous game. But you can't bank on that. And I think that game four was one of, like, that was a night where just you saw so many different adjustments from, like, from a mentality perspective. Like, Devontae Graham just said, all right, I shot like shit game you know in the first game against minnesota 
Or maybe he said, I've been way too, I've been too dependent on the three-pointers to start the year. Let me do more. Let me penetrate. Let me, let me shoot floaters. Let me try to get to the rack. Let me, let me play make a little bit more, do more with the basketball to take pressure off some other guys. I don't know if that's something that, you know, that the coaching staff brought to him, the players, or he took it under his own, his own wing to do it, but it was very important for them. They made overall adjustments. And I think it helped them out because, I mean, look, like, you know, once they started to see, all right, you know what, we can, like, we can, we can hang with this team. And that turned into, wait, we can beat this team. And once the leads, you know, once they started to see their overall hard, hard work efforts defensively, as you mentioned, pay off after playing this team and feeling like maybe, you know, we, we, we lost this game with our turnovers. And which, look, if they turn the ball over 25 instead of 30 or even 20 times, as crazy as that is, they probably win that basketball game. So just quick fixes. And it's not the second night of a back-to-back. And it ended up working for him, man. And, you know, you could just see the confidence building. That was different for him. You saw the confidence. They, they were swaying with it. And Minnesota started to look like a team that was a little bit unsure, trying things. Like, they lost their identity, trying to get back into it with, well, with you know, shooting as many threes as they did in the first matchup. And it just didn't fall for them consistently until the third quarter and kind of like the beginning of that fourth. So, um, yeah, but, I mean, the defense was great. I mean, but it starts with guys like, Herb Jones, like that, you know, it, it's infectious. Then you see Nikhil Alexander-Walker. He's going over screens. Brandon is bringing it. The first game against Minnesota, he's taking a charge. This game, he's, you know, even after a bad play, he's recovering. And that, they have to see that from him. JV is getting cat frustrated. Devontae Grant, everybody at the end of the day, with the Pelicans are giving up buckets, they're going to have a breakdown every now and then, but it's not because of their effort, no matter what the score is. And that's very important. That you can build off of that. And if they're going to win games, they're not going to be a great offensive team in the half court, I think, until Zion returns. You got to get stops, you got to play in transition, and you got to give effort. Absolutely. Yeah, 100%. And it's like chalk and cheese to last year. You could see there were games where the guys were just like, I really don't care to be here. I don't want to play. And we'll go through the motions because that's what I'm. You know, Stan Van Gundy's going to scream at me anyway. It doesn't matter if I drop 30 or if I drop five points, you know, and you can see that this buy-in from the team is something that I reckon in the last couple of years we haven't seen quite as much as we have seen this year. Particularly, you see the guys go up and shoot a three and you've got guys like Alvarado and other guys on the bench just sitting there just going absolutely ballistic. They get a timeout, the guys are running in and, you know, slapping each other up and you're sitting there going... Uh, this is this looks fun, and all of a sudden yeah. it starts clicking, and they start missing. The other side starts missing shots, and our shots go in, and that builds and builds and builds and builds. And all of a sudden you're sitting there, and Brandon Ingram in the last three minutes of a game is going one on one with this bloke, absolutely cooking this guy. You could almost think that he's sitting there just talking to him, and you're just going, you know, you got absolutely nothing. Who was it, Vanderbilt? I think he just torched yeah. his kid. And oh, yeah, that was something else. But that confidence, and it breeds you know, more confidence. And it's just—it's just an example. Like I mean, man, there's so many different sports to real life analogies and similarities that you can bring in, man. You know, just because you try something very hard or you or you're good at something, it doesn't mean it's gonna break for you at the time it does for someone else, right? It just doesn't. That—that's the way. Like life doesn't life doesn't work to the same clock um as the next person right you can't compare what this what the person next to you is getting the type of breaks that they're getting you'll eventually get some in your own manner but it just may not happen in the same way it did for the next person the goal is to keep pushing right keep believing keep having faith that all right if we keep playing this way the other team's going to break down or things are going to start to fall fall for us that didn't fall in, in the beginning they had games where they couldn't you know uh make any shots, couldn't make any three. They started off slow to begin every first quarter for the most part. But you keep stabbing at it, and you get ridiculous shots from Devontae Graham, off balance, leaning left, leaning right from three, a floater, like shots that you wouldn't even have the chance to attempt in prior games, but they're going in. Brandon Ingram in the first half starts off four for five from three. That's very important. Uh, Jonas Valanciunas, 
He goes three for 19 in the first game. That didn't happen again. We knew it wasn't going to happen again. But he dominates last game after going, I think it was 20 and 17 in the first matchup yeah. against Minnesota. Like, like you said, it brings consistency. It brings confidence. But they are playing hard. And at the end of the day, you can be in a lot of games, in most games, even with the big cog um, in their roster right now that they're missing, you can be in, be competitive in, or have an opportunity at winning. And if you're in a spot, lie out at the end of the, you know, where you can hang around low enough to where you can put the ball in Brandon's game, with Brandon's hand and let him do what he needs to do, I like your chances. And that's really all you can do. But as long as this team, um, you know, I mean, I, just the fact they were able to see it through, right? They were tested. They've been tested. 0-3, man, uh, you know, back in Minnesota against a team that just, you know, that just beat you. And Minnesota could say to themselves, they had a rough game, right? D'Angelo Russell didn't shoot well in either game, for example. Carnegie Towns files out. They, they, they could have their own level of excuses. But for you to have been tested also without a win, like there's moments in that game they could have given up. When Anthony Anthony Edwards is going on that ridiculous run in the third quarter, the doubt could have crept in for a team that gave up over over ten double digit leads into losses in the season before. That, that doubt could have crept in. Like here we go again, man. We just you know they're gonna come back and win the game, or you know Anthony's gonna bring them back. You know they didn't. They responded. They answered. They were uh, they persevered and. That's very important to this team because it's easy to do that when you're three and oh, it's easy to do that when when everybody's healthy and you have special superstar talents that can just flip a switch for you. It's easy to do it when everything's going right. But what do you do when you're owing three and you're on the roll and this is happening against a team that hasn't lost the game yet? They just beat you. What, do you. what do you do then? What do you do that every time you try to pull away, the other team keeps continues to make shots and make threes and they kept fighting, they kept responding, and they ended up winning the game. Yeah, and a credit to, to Willie Green, obviously his first win uh, as a head coach. That Anthony Edwards run was something, it was one of eight to start this, to the up until that point in the third quarter and then just went absolutely ballistic. That guy's a, a freak. But what cool. I loved was the adjustment from Willie Green to say, hey, second round uh, rookie that has got four fouls, I need you to come in here and do a job. And that trust in Herb Jones to come in and stop Anthony Edwards, the guy disappeared after. He didn't do hardly anything else. It's probably halfway through that third quarter. I think he dropped 16 or something in a row. And you put Herb Jones in. Willie Green's effort and his trust in this team is something that is, is you know, I don't even, can't even describe it. I think it's just fantastic. What do you think of those adjustments from Willie and how, how have you rated him so far? I mean, it kind of goes within everything that you've heard about the team, about the vibe, about just, you know, the, it being a different energy in the building. And, I, you know, you know, we can talk about some of the players that have left and some of the some of the infusion of players that have come in, some of the mentality changes and switches. But we don't give enough credit to Willie. Willie, you know, what type of how many coaches can you think of off, off your hand that's starting? It's their first coaching opportunity that just got done finishing coaching the finals. And they say, I want to coach summer league. What? Like, this it doesn't happen every day, right? There's a dude that's been that spent. I mean, since he over over twenty years, Willie Green has been involved with this NBA grind, right? This could have been his first opportunity in a very long time to just, you know, I won't say take a summer off, but he's doing more observing. He could be he could have been doing more desk work, more film work. Um, it's just a little bit different for him, trying to really get to know his team because while expectations, you know, are going to fall, like the expectations on his team right now are not going to fall on his shoulders. If this team succeeds or fails, it's not going to really be 100% on him. People are going to look at Griffin, they're going to look at Zion, they're going to look at, you know, B.I. Like people are looking for reasons to give Willie an excuse. So some people could have, you know, could have rested on that, but no. He is setting the tone for them as a leadership, as an example of leadership. Him coaching summer league was fantastic to me. And that is when I knew, okay, everything that I'm hearing about this dude, about him being this great leader, about it being his time as a head coach, about him being like, he's, 
it looks like a guy that's very understanding of who he is. He self-reflects a lot. He's a good communicator. Those are the things that I, you know, that I get from him. And you throw on the top on top of that that he's a former player. Um, he just has a different level of respect the minute he walks in and he can put himself in the shoes of different guys that have traveled different roads to this league and to this team in ways that previous coaches haven't been able to do on top of the fact that, he, you know, that he's still pretty young for, you know, for a head coach. It, there's a mixture of things. And I think that all of those elements play into a factor of you getting to a spot in which he starts Herb Jones, because if he doesn't, if he's not coaching in summer league, Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We may not be here. Herb Jones may be in may be in Birmingham if Willie wasn't there to see the impact that that Herb made as a 23 year old rookie, which is which is which is insane in the NBA, right? But as a 23 year old rookie, he wouldn't have been able to see that. And he, he he tried some different experiments, you know, experiments there, putting them at the five, you know, letting them close, letting them start a few games. Like he he did a bunch of things to test Herb, and Herb answered every time. Um, then you don't play him. You play him three minutes in the first game, and then you go to start him the next game. Josh Hart injury or not, not every coach would do that. You continue to trust him. You play him more minutes. He makes mistakes, whatever. I'm a ride with you, man. I believe in you. That Those things hang with players. It's going to pay off for Herb, and it's going to pay off for the guys around him. And, you know, look, and then on top of that, yo, I'm going to give you an assignment of one of the, you know, a budding superstar in the league and Ant Edwards. And I don't just expect you to, to contain him. I expect you to do pretty well. And he shut him down before that third quarter. He, he had, he had Ant Edwards in Alabama jail. I mean, there's, there's no other way to say it. That's infectious. And I think Willie's nature as an observer, not going to yell and scream, knows how to get his point across another way. It's a drop off or you know, a culture change in a, in a sense from what some of those guys have been used to. It's refreshing. And I mean, look, man, if he's giving that level of trust in a guy who is playing his fourth game, you know, what does that say about some of these other guys that's been in the league going forward? I mean, it just, I think he's been great. I think he's been great. Some people are upset about some of the veterans that he's been playing with Temple Sadoransky. Um, He's continuing to find different ways, and he's showing that he's not afraid to try things, no matter if it's early in the season. And that's important because, you know, you got 82 games, but you don't want to find yourself behind a wall or behind the eight ball in the East, well, in, in the Western Conference. Yeah, I'm with you 100%. And 
I think he hit the nail on the head with the well, his demeanor first. You know, the guy is so calm, even on the bench. And there's some calls that were just absolute crap. And he sits there, he just doesn't lose his cool. He's just calm and collected. All right, let's have a timeout and have a chat about it. You know, things like that, where as a, I suppose, as a young basketball player and you're coming into the league and you've got all these other adjustments that you've got to go on, you've got all this money, you've got all this different lifestyle, but you've got this calm presence as a leader in, at the top. I mean, it, it must be fantastic considering the previous regimes where you have these old school guys that are like, nah, we're just going to run, we're going to run, 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 and in, in training for three hours and then you're going to play a back-to-back and a 14, or 14-day road trip, you're just going to, you know, work your tail off and, and then get screamed at anyway. You know, him and then having guys like Garrett Temple come in and have their veteran presence as well. I mean, there was the video that came out uh, where they threw the water on Willie Green for his first game. I saw that last night. And uh, Garrett Temple's the one that hands him the game ball. You know, you're sitting there. These are these leadership things. He, he spoke at that uh, opening dinner before, um, before the season kicks off. I don't think we've had a, a leader like that, whether it's on – okay, his performance on and off the court are completely different. I think they have to be separate. Um but Garrett Temple's impact, I think, has been huge as well in being that connector between coaching staff and, and these young guys and these players. Do you think he stays in the rotation going forward considering his maybe some on-court struggles? But um, what do you think of Garrett Temple? You know, um, I've, I've had my, my – um, I mean, let's just say the preseason was not a good introduction, right? But – the connection there is that if you if you're a fan of Louisiana sports, right? If you're a fan of LSU, um, you know, or just or just you've you've been in the region in the city, you know of Garrett Temple's family impact in total. You know of Garrett Temple the third's impact in total. Um, the way he's helped the community over time. Him playing back in college years ago on one of the most celebrated LSU college teams in history. Um, and you put that, you combine that with the fact that, like you mentioned, the Pelicans have missed that kind of guy, right? And even if people thought he was going to sit at the bench and not see true minutes, he was going to be able to make an impact and not, and I'm not even talking about the community, just helping guys out, showing them things, um, knowing the right things to do and say, like you say, as an on-court connector, right? Um, it's very, very important. He's, he's going to be one of the best communicators on the team. And he's been around so many different players, been around a bunch of different, different stars and have been in different situations to where he can, you know, similar to Willie, he can put himself in some of these guys' shoes, or he can reflect back to a time in which he saw this happen or that happen and explain it in a way that's going to make sense. He's another calming presence. So, I mean, listen, what he's providing on the floor last night was probably his best game in my, you know, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. Uh, he didn't try to do too much. He was able to take care of the basketball. He gave effort consistently on defense, hit a three, hit a big layup, I think, at one point in the game. Yeah. Made, um, I don't remember if it was a free throw or whatever it was. Like, Tim, Tim played a decent game. And, um, I mean, look, you know, they, they, they need stabilizing people like that you know I, I don't know how it's going to continue once Josh Hart and Zion returns because those two are going to shorten the rotation of course but I could see a situation where maybe a, a guy like Kyra Lewis doesn't play hmm. and those minutes and part of those minutes go to Garrett as you're fitting in Josh Hart you know Zion back because you know your stars right now or you know the best players on your team are playing on you know the minutes that aren't ideal you don't want Valanciunas playing 39 minutes a game right you know you don't want to have to exhaust Brandon Ingram and tie him out this early. You can maybe put a put a you know high minute total on, you know, on Nah, but it's only game four. You got to reserve these guys. The NBA is a grind, man. So um when you're struggling in certain areas, I think he's going to be a guy that you can that you can plug in and look. I mean, as much as I want to see Kyrie Lewis Jr. play, and I hope that he does, this team is trying to win basketball games. And when people are healthy, Willie's gonna have to make those calls. And through all the different subs that we've seen. We've seen Sadoransky not play. We've seen Garrett play a little bit less. 
but he's played in every game, I believe. Yeah. So I don't see why that wouldn't continue, even if it's for five or ten minutes. Um, we'll see what happens with some of the other guys. But I mean, look, you know, he he's he's not he's 34 years old, man. He's not gonna, you know, he's not gonna do the spectacular things and he's gonna have some rough moments, but at some point he'll find a rhythm. And um I think at worst, Willie's going to leave him in until he does find a rhythm. He's going yeah. to continue working with him because that's that's what you've earned as a veteran in this league, as a 14 to 13 year veteran or whatever he is. I think it might, it might be a little bit less than that because mm. he came into the league pretty late. But yeah, man, um, um, I just I hope he continues to be a um, you know, a really good voice for this team, and we can you can combine that with some productivity that in spurts we've seen of him, Sacramento, Chicago, in previous years. Because the shots will be there for him. Yeah, hundred percent. And obviously, there was a big addition, uh, the big man in the middle, Jonas Valanciunas. He absolutely feasted last night. Uh, twenty and twenty game. Uh, pretty much, I reckon the difference maker, especially against one of the better centers in. Um, obviously, with twenty and twenty, is a bit of a difference maker, but against one of the better centers in the league, Carl Anthony Towns. Yeah. He made him look a bit silly. I think in both games, he made him look a bit silly. Uh, it was both unfortunate, games. that yep. other one. Um, it's nice having a presence uh, like that in the paint, isn't it? I don't remember the last one that we had, or maybe DeMarcus Cousins, um, where you had a, a genuine, strong, tough, impactful center. Um, his impact's going to be huge. You know, look, like he he's... I think the past two years between Derek Favors and Steven Adams, what you expected versus what you got, like for Steven Adams, he pretty much did a lot of things that you that you expected of him, yeah. you know, of what he's shown throughout the out his career. The consistency is there. He had a few nights where he jumped above what you expected, right? Derek Favors, often known, but wasn't the same player athletically struggled with, you know, losing his mom and struggled with injury throughout the year and he had a he had a stretch where he played really good basketball but it wasn't many nights where he exceeded expectation right they talked about things like untapped potential with him and you know he showed a lot more offensively and just you know the team at that time they didn't look for him in the polls just it was weird their yeah. favors was really really weird Steven Adams was a little bit less because you knew what you were getting but you compile him with Eric Bledsoe and it's all it's facing hell, right? Now, Jonas, he's the first guy in which not only so far has he done what you thought he would do, but he even went above that. Back-to-back games, 20 and 17, one game, 22 and 23 the next game. What the hell? Both against Carl Anthony Towns. After starting out three and 19 against Joel. Right. Came out and had a decent game against, uh, you know, against Fusevich in Chicago, which, you know, game was over pretty, pretty quickly. You know, I think mid to the end of the third quarter, that game was pretty much over with. But to beast like that back to back games, like you said, and do it on both. And he played well on both sides of the floor. Like he's everything the team, you know, the team needs you know, right now. Right. And he's everything that they're going to need going forward because even if he only hits an occasional three, Jonas can stand almost anywhere you want him to within the three-point line and be forced for a team to have to guard him. He's a lob threat. He's an offense, and he's not an athletic lob threat, but he has really, really good touch around the rim. He has some awkward shots when, when his arms are, you know, above his head. You know, he has like one of the weirdest tip shots and, you know, that I've seen, but, you know, he can shoot one-handed. He can shoot two-handed. He, can, he has post fadeaways. He has hook shots. He can get to the line, draw contact. You know, uh, he's he's a bully. Um, really good passer. Very patient with the ball in his hands. Really good pump fake. Like he has so many different things that he can provide you that it makes it hard. And he's a really good fucking center. Like it, it, it's not like he's average or the above average. No, Jonas is really good. It's surprising because we're used to like, okay, he's going to overwhelm. Then he gets the contract extension. You're like, oh, man, some people, 
well, a little bit against the fence, but he's been great. And to do it against that guy, against one of the best and most athletically imposing centers, against a guy who can shoot the three and can drive to the paint and is a better overall player than, than Jonas, right? To stand up against him. And in my opinion, if we're talking about from start to finish, outplay him in back-to-back games, man, who, who, who would have? Who would have predicted that and got him out of his game? You file out the first game. You're upset and complaining the next game if you're called. Um, it just it was really, really nice to see, you know, a mixture of a guy who is a brick wall. You can't move on one side, but can get his own shot in a multitude you know, of ways. They had to double him at certain parts would open up things for players. I mean, and well, only, I mean, it, it's only going to grow. And when you add Zion to that mix, we may be able to finally say the Pelicans are going to beat people's asses because they might be able to do. That's going to be punishing. That is going to be punishing. And that offensive glass. I mean, I was watching it last night and there was a series of plays where he was stuck one amongst five and he just taps it down and you're sitting there going, yes. if you had Zion there, you might not have, he might not have got that rebound, but Zion's going to gobble that, you know, the O board is where I am just so excited that we are just going to punish people on the second chance. But you can launch as many threes as you want. We've got two guys like that that are going to sit there and just absolutely dominate the paint. And the inside-outside sort of game that JV has, you know, he can play. When he posts up, he doesn't post up within five feet of the ring. He posts up 15 feet out. And he sits there and he'll turn around and he'll have a look at him and he'll look up at the bucket and you just know he's going to work. He's looking, and, and whether that turns into him shooting or passing out, having another skilled big man that can pass out of that post, team's going to be in trouble. When all of this comes together, teams, oh, I mean, maybe I'm jinxing them, but you see these glimpses of things where you could see it working. And that's what makes me really excited. Uh, Chris, before we wrap up, what, do you, what are your thoughts for the rest of the season? What do you want to see? What, what if you could look in your crystal ball? What, what do you what do you want from uh, from the I, you know, I mean, look, uh, they're gonna have nights where it just doesn't it doesn't they're not shooting the basketball well. They're gonna have nights where they struggle in the half court. But I think what I've seen so far is that you know their bench worries me. Right? Um, I don't know what to make of Jackson Hayes, but I think he has some he has more favorable matchups upcoming. But I'm with you, man. I mean, what this looks like to me is that I don't know. I don't know how many, how many more weeks Zion is going to miss, but it's going to be at least a couple more. Um, you just see the interesting thing about Zion returning is that it's not like a sense to where it's how will things work or how good they can be. I think everybody feels they can be really good when he returns. Not just good. I think people feel they can be really good because you just brought you're bringing in the best paint score in basketball to a team that's struggling in the half court, but could a little bit more. I mean, the main guys that that, that entire game had the basketball in their hands were Nikhil, Brandon, and Jonas. You know where Zion fits, but if other guys are able to find themselves during this period without it, it could be a blessing in disguise because they these guys have. Will, will have played maybe a month or a month and some change in basketball without this guy. And they've had to figure out some other things on their own. If Zion plays game one, do we see Devontae Graham uh, penetrating as much as he did in the last game? I'm not sure. You may see him continuing to stack up the stack up threes or dumping it down to the, you know, dumping it down to Z or JV because why not? Wouldn't you, you know, but you see him shoot floaters. You're seeing him do different things that guy people in Charlotte were you know, we're like, yo, this is what he doesn't do. Like, yo, you guys gave up Lonzo. You gave up one guy who doesn't finish for another guy who doesn't really finish. What's the point there? He finished well last night yeah, and he made important plays. Um, but, you, but you look at the fit of so many different guys that were made to play with Zion. Trey Murphy, like, he's made to play with Zion. It's going to elevate. Nikhil is going to elevate so much. Brandon, the, you know, the overall, uh, what it's going to take off of his shoulders handling the basketball, it's going to be huge. I mean, you know, Lyle, we, how many games that we remember where it's five guys literally looking at Zion, five guys around yeah. Zion. They have guys now that it appears consistently are going to be able to make you pay. And they can do it in a punishing style 
and the amount of open shots that are going to wide open shots that are going to be present when you have those two beasts down there. I'm excited about them because they're showing enough defensively right now. There's something there. And what I keep saying, what I keep telling people in these spaces, even when they were losing, like there's a good fucking team in there somewhere. We just don't know what, what roster pairing is it going to be? What five, what, what starting lineup is going to make the most sense or what 10 players are going to give you that team. But there's a good team in there somewhere when healthy and they might be able to be better than just good. The people that said that they could maybe be a six seed, I see it. That's what I'm going to say. I don't know. And now, you know, we'll have to see how they play without them. But, I, but, but this period, man, yesterday was really good for the confidence of a lot of people, including those players. Atlanta's going to tell you a lot, though, about this team. They're able to beat Atlanta. You're going to have me back, and we're going to have a different conversation. Yeah, well, I'll be looking forward to that. Um, I think you're spot on. I, there's something there. And you just got to keep polishing it, polishing it, and all of a sudden – you'll find a little diamond in there. I think there is, there is something lurking. And I think when it all comes together and we work out what the rotations are and we work out who plays better with who and when to bring those changes in so we don't have to play JV 39 minutes or whatever it is every night and give them a bit of a rest, you know, there's definitely something there. Chris, I appreciate your time. It's been fantastic chatting with you. Where can we find you? Hold on, brother. Uh, I just, oh, I'm sorry. Here, here we are. No, uh, you can find me. You can find me on Twitter at Impatient Bull. That's pretty much the only real like social media space I'm really on at this point. I have like Instagram. You won't follow me on Snapchat. I promise you, it's not going to be a great time. But um, you know, but yeah, Impatient Bull on Twitter. Check out the Twitter spaces. I mean, we're having fun. Anybody's welcome to come up and talk. You know, it's been it's been peaceful, fun, entertaining. Everything that you could throw into the mix. And yeah, man, uh, look out for more stuff that we have in the works. We appreciate you, mate. Thanks for your time again. And, um, yeah, hopefully we'll be chatting soon. And, you know, when we hit the sixth seed, we'll be sitting there and a few beers and we'll be laughing. <laughs> appreciate it loud, man. Listen, I can't wait because I'm going to be, I'm going to be, um, oh, insufferable. <laughs> Look forward to it. All righty, mate. Thanks very much. All right, brother. Appreciate it, man. So thanks once again to Chris Connor from the Bird Rights going and joining us today. It was fantastic uh, having a chat with him. Obviously, you can go and uh, follow him at Impatient Bull on Twitter uh, and also follow him on the Twitter spaces. That's where you get all of your, um, I suppose, post-game uh, consolation if we lose or uh, adulation when we win. And, you know, everyone... Uh, Everyone gets around it, and it's nice. And if you want to get up and, and have a chat, you can press the little listen, uh, request to talk button, and he'll put you up there, and you can say your piece. And, uh, yeah, really, really inclusive space and um, definitely would recommend. So watch out for that. Now, before I put a pin in it, of course, we'll have to thank Manscaped.com, good friends of the show. Uh, Hootball20 is the code. Use that code at checkout. Get yourself 20% off and free shipping. And also... Um, our friends at mybookie.ag, uh, yeah, use the code HOOPBALL when you sign up. That'll give you a deposit match. They've got heaps going on over there. If you like to have a gamble, we'll go and do it over there. But, of course, gamble responsibly, um, yeah, because it's fun until it's not. Now, the last thing before we put a pin in it, of course, the winner pair of Zions uh, in support of Feed the Second Line is still going. Uh it's the 27th today in Perth. Uh, 31st, I was going to draw it. We've got plenty of entries, but there's still time. If you just want to go and retweet, like the uh, Twitter post, and donate to Feed the Second Line, it goes a long way, whether it's $1, whether it's $10, whether it's 1000 bucks, whatever it is. Um, every $5, you get a new, uh, you get a second uh, entry into the, into the competition. There's no other strings. You pick what color. Once you get it, you get. Um, you tell me what color you want, what size you want, and uh, and I'll send them to you if you win. So looking forward to drawing that and hopefully make someone very happy. But uh, otherwise, guys, as always, I am Lyle Swithenbank at Lyle Swithenbank on Twitter. L Y L E S W I T H E N B A N K is in bank. At Hoopball Pels is the show on Twitter. Go and give us a follow. If you can give us a rate and review on Apple Podcasts, it'd be fantastic as well. 
Go Pels. We'll take on Atlanta Hawks in a couple of days and I'll chat to you then. Alrighty. Bye for now. This has been a Hoop Ball presentation. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.